right? So there are a lot of reasons why we eat. And, and, and what is the one most important reasons why we should eat? When you're physically hungry. When you're physically hungry. But most people eat for emotional reasons. They don't eat because they're physically hungry. They eat because they're emotionally hungry. And there's a difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Physical hunger starts in the body. Your body tells you it's hungry. You feel those hunger pangs in your body, right? Your, your stomach growl, you start to feel a little lightheaded. You, you know when you're physically hungry, your body tells you, right? There are physical symptoms. That friends how are you dr del miller's here with personalfitness.com how you doing out there we're still in january but it's 2023 in case you are still wondering <laughs> it's 2023 that blows my mind absolutely blows my mind that it's already 2023 but anyway you know time waits on no man or woman for that matter so Listen, I hope you have been diligently working on becoming the best you've ever been. Welcome to a new episode of The Best You've Ever Been. The Best You've Ever Been. Again, I like to remind you that this podcast is about, you know, learning how to rewire your brain to get and keep the body you want that's physical. Take charge of your mind and emotions that's mental and emotion. And learn to love yourself again. A lot of us have gotten out of the habit of loving on ourselves, right? We've neglected ourselves for so long. If you're in your 50s and beyond, you know, you've probably spent years putting yourself on the back burner, you know, just neglecting yourself. Some other stuff came up and now I hope you're working on putting yourself back in your own equation. Learn how to take care of others without leaving yourself behind. That's one of the past episodes. Learning how to take care of others without leaving yourself behind. And that's what a lot of people have done over the years, right? They've been so busy taking care of everybody else, all the problems in their lives, but they have kind of left themselves behind, left their self-care. Now the now your health might be in the toilet, your your body is in the down the tube, you've gained some weight, you're you're unhappy with yourself, you've lost your confidence. But hey, you can get it back. You can get it back. That's what this podcast is about. How to work towards becoming the best you've ever been. You don't have to get there, but the very fact of working towards it will get you to a place where you are in process, right? I am constantly in process, constantly in process. I am constantly working on myself physically. I'm working on myself mentally and emotionally. You know, I, I just had, uh, I just had uh, breakfast with one of my daughters. I try to take my kids out on, we'll call it special time. You know, special time. I do special time with each of them every month. I've got three daughters. I've got uh, 12-year-old twins and, uh, well, they're almost 13 and a 14-year-old. And I try to give them some, give them the time 
right? Because believe me, it makes him so happy. It makes such a big difference to, you know, give him that one-on-one time. So I had, I had breakfast with my daughter. We had breakfast and we went and walked on the beach. We went to walk around uh, Laguna Beach and did some window shopping and all of that. Just the two of us. Because that's what she wanted to do. <clears throat> she loves going to the beach. So we went and took a walk on the beach and, and just stopped. And she plays volleyball. And we stopped and watched some, some of the fellows out there playing volleyball. And we were just critiquing their technique. She's a good volleyball player. <laughs> but, you know, one of the questions I asked her is, 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 you know, how can I be a better dad? You know, how am I doing? You know, what do I need to work on? in order to be a better dad for you, right? Because I'm always working on myself. You know, I, uh, you know, when they were younger, yes, I was uh, more of the militant kind of, kind of dad. You do it because you, I say so. And, and, you know, that's how I grew up. And then I realized that that's not the best way to be. That's not the best parenting style. A lot of us are parent, do things as parents because that's what we know. That's what we grew up with. But you start to expand your mind a little bit and you realize that, well, to, to be the best you can be, if you're, if you're on this path of being the best you've ever been, then you want to be that in all areas of your life, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. So not just personally, but I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better person. So I want to know, well, how can I do better? How can I be better? How can I create a better family environment? And I realized I wasn't creating a, a good family environment because they were getting miserable with my, the way I was being. It was my way or the highway. And I realized, well, I got to listen to them more. They're no longer kids. They're young ladies and they've got their own minds and opinions. Oh, believe me, they've got their own opinions and <laughs> they've got their own minds. But I realized that, you know, yes, I want them to have their own mind. I want them to have their own opinions. I, I want them to be independent. And I can't create independent thinkers if I don't allow them to express their ideas and, and have their opinions and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, I'm learning. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's one of the hardest things, I think, for a parent, especially for a dad, because our first instinct is to protect our kids. But sometimes, you know, that protection can be stifling. And I realize that, you know, sometimes you, you can be stifling by trying to protect kids. And, and uh, you know, when you stifle them, that's not what you want. You want them to have the space so they can soar, so they can grow and eventually soar. So that's part of being the best you've ever been is how can you be a better person? It's not just about your body, but what is it? Who's that future self that you're becoming? Obviously, the future self I'm becoming is, is where, yes, I am fitter. I am healthy, healthier than I am. But I'm also a better dad because that's important to me. It's, it's the area of my life that is the most important thing. It's the most important area of my life, being a good dad. Right, so that when I'm an old man, I've got a great relationship with my girls. That's what I'm after. I want to have a great relationship with my girls. When I'm an old man, before I die, I want to be able to say, oh, if I did one thing right, I did that right. Because it's the most important thing for me. So what is it for you? Who are you becoming? What is that future self that you're creating? We talked about that, and we've been talking about that all year. 
creating Project You, the best you've ever been, Project You. Did you take the challenge to have this year be Project You, about Project You, about being the best you've ever been, striving to become the best you've ever been? What does that look like for you? Then we talk about creating your future self, really visualizing what is that future vision that you're creating? Who is that person that you're becoming? Right? We always start with the end. Start at the end. And we also talk about why you don't need to fake it till you make it because we learn to practice the mindset, habits, and behaviors of our future self. The non-negotiable and guardrail habits that we talked about last, we talked about that in the last episode. Today, I want to talk to you about this is whether you're trying to lose weight or you're just trying to be healthier or you're trying to make peace with food. Maybe you're an emotional eater, whatever it is. Today, this is for you. We're going to focus on why you eat, not just what you eat. In my Weight Loss Made Easy program, I built the program around three pillars, three very important things. And number one is you focus on why you eat, not just what you eat. Why you eat is even more important than what you eat. That's how I work with my clients, not to count calories or and be, go on diets or any of that nonsense, because we focus on why you eat. And why you, when you focus on why you eat, you'll be amazed uh, at how much of the non-essential eatings you cut out. So we work on cutting out the non-essential eatings. The eatings, think about it. Why do you eat? Have you thought about it? Why do you eat? Believe me, we eat for a lot of different reasons, right? We eat for a lot of different reasons. I just had a client tell me the other day that, you know, it's like, you know, he's been struggling a little bit and he told me, well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because I, it's just unconsciously, I just unconsciously reach for stuff. I don't even think about it. It's not, not like I even, I'm even hungry. I don't really need it. I just unconsciously reach for stuff. And yes, that's one of the reasons we eat. We eat because we see food and we eat because that's the habit we've gotten into of unconsciously reaching for, for stuff. And believe me, that's every time we do that, we're programming the brain to do that. Maybe you feel a certain way or you're a little frustrated or, or you're working through a problem and your first, your first thought is to reach for something and, and it's just a habit that you do, something you do, right? You got to nibble on something when you're trying to problem solve, whether you're hungry or not. But you're not eating because you're hungry. You're eating because... You've creating the habit of nibbling. You've created the habit of reaching for food when you're not hungry. You've created the habit of taking food just because it's there, just because you see it. Most people, they get home from work and they walk through the door and they put their stuff away and they automatically reach for a bag of chips or a glass of wine and sit on the couch and, well, I'm just going to wind down. It's called wind-down eating. Well, you're not eating because you're hungry. No, you just got in the habit of wind-down eating. You get in the habit of winding down with a glass of wine or whatever it is, a bag of chips. That glass of wine becomes a bag of chips or maybe a big bowl of popcorn, whatever it is, maybe cookies or wind-down eating. Not because you're hungry, but you're winding down. 
You get pissed off and upset and the emotions are raging and you just don't like the way you feel. So what do you do? You want to numb the way you feel. You don't want to feel that way. But the easiest way, you don't know how not to feel that way. You don't you don't know how to feel the emotions and work through the emotions. You just don't know want to you just don't want to feel that way. So what's the best thing to do? Well, you reach for something to eat. It makes you feel better. Feel good eating. It's not because you're hungry. Because you don't need, you don't know how to deal with the emotions that are raging, the storm that is raging inside you, right? So we eat for emotional reasons. We eat for a lot of different reasons. You eat to calm yourself down. We eat to celebrate, right? A lot of times we eat to celebrate. And that's one, you know, that, that, that's built into our culture, eating to celebrate. We celebrate, we eat for a lot of celebration reasons. We do a lot of celebrating eating, right? So there are a lot of reasons why we eat. And, and, and what is the one most important reasons why we should eat? When you're physically hungry. When you're physically hungry. But most people eat for emotional reasons. They don't eat because they're physically hungry. They eat because they're emotionally hungry. And there's a difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Physical hunger starts in the body. Your body tells you it's hungry. You feel those hunger pangs in your body, right? Your, your stomach growl, you start to feel a little lightheaded. You, you know when you're physically hungry, your body tells you, right? There are physical symptoms that's in your body. You know you're hungry. That's when we eat. If you ever say, I feel like eating something, that automatically tells you that you're not eating because you're physically hungry. You're eating because, well, you feel like eating. You feel like something. You're feeling, usually, you feel like something very specific. My wife's case is I feel like something yummy. <laughs> that tells you that's emotional eating. You're not eating because you're hungry. You're eating because you feel like something yummy. Right? So, the most important thing here is when we focus on why we eat, number one, we learn to cut out all those non-physical hunger, hunger eating. All the reasons we eat other than physical hunger. And it's amazing when you look at it through, throughout the day, how much eating we do when we're not physically hungry. So just think about it. You learn to cut out those reasons why you're eating other than physical hunger, you are cutting out a hell of a lot of eating. So you don't need to count calories. You don't need to weigh food. You don't need to do any of that. You don't need to restrict what you're eating and go on a diet and all. You are actually cutting out a lot of those non-hunger, non-physical hunger eating. So that's why it's important to focus on why you eat. When you start looking at why you eat, that's going to save you a lot of unnecessary calories. And that's going to help you to focus on, well, what are you really hunger for, right? Really tackling the issues that keep coming up. So you're able to create new habits because you're focusing on, well, why, what, what is this about? You, you're left with, when you take away the food, you're still left with the issues, the emotional issues that are staring you right in the face. Okay, well, what is it that you don't want to face? What is it that you don't want to face? It's right there. The issues are still there. Well, now you have to deal with them. Now when you get to deal with them, that's how you resolve those issues. Learn 
get rid of the food and come face to face with the reasons why you're eating. Well, are you bored? Okay, well, let's figure out how to stimulate yourself. Okay, well, are you tired? Well, let's rest. Are you seeking intimacy? Okay, well, let's figure out how to deal with that. What is it you're after? And that's how, you know, over the long term, you're able to, if you're trying to lose weight, you're able to lose weight and keep it off, or you're able to prevent yourself from gaining a whole lot of weight because now you're dealing with the issues that are coming up. And now you're, when you eat, doesn't matter what you eat, if you choose to eat cookies or cake or candy, whatever it is, when you eat, you choose to eat what you eat. It becomes conscious eating. It's like cookies and candies and all that stuff. That stuff never make anybody fat. That's not what makes you fat or overweight. You become overweight because you eat all that stuff unconsciously and you overeat. If you're overweight, you are an overeater, period. That's just the bottom line. You may not be aware of all the things you're eating, but it's impossible to gain weight without overeating. Because weight gain is really just a, there's a, an energy equation. If you eat more than your body processes, well, it's going to store the rest as fat. If you're not giving your body excess calories more than it's burning up, then it's got nothing to store as fat, plain and simple. Now, the reason why weight loss is more than just an energy equation is because we're human beings and we've got all these emotions tied to our weight. We've got a lot of emotions tied to why we eat. So now weight loss is more than just an energy equation. It becomes an emotional component. There's an emotional component there because we've got a lot of issues that we're dealing with. That is why we eat. A lot of reasons why we eat are emotional reasons, right? Lifestyle reasons, work reasons. Stress becomes part of the picture. Stress eating, right? So. Why do you eat? Think about that. Now, this is just something for you to think about. Start thinking about all the time you're eating. So before you put anything to your mouth, ask yourself, am I physically hungry? If you were to do well, that's the first step of my conscious eating method. Before you put anything in your mouth, am I physically hungry? If you're not physically hungry, then why the hell are you eating? Focus on, well, figure out why am I eating? If I'm not physically hungry, why am I eating? Am I physically hungry? That's the first step. If you were to do that, if you were to ask yourself, am I physically hungry? Before you put anything to your mouth, am I physically hungry? Or am I eating for other reasons? Am I eating because I'm bored, pissed off, tired? Whatever the reason is. And when you start to focus on this, folks, you see, you'll save yourself a lot of unnecessary suffering. This is what I call all the... All the beating up we do to ourselves when we're unable to, especially people on diet, you know, this is around weight loss. We experience a lot of unnecessary suffering because we beat ourselves up when we try to maintain these diets and we fail. So we beat ourselves up. Oh, you're so stupid. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm just such a failure. We beat ourselves up. Oh, I'm not worthy. Oh, I'm unlovable. All the things that come up, the issues, the unresolved issues that we haven't dealt with. 
We beat ourselves up. I call these unnecessary suffering. So before we can be successful, we have to deal with these issues. We have to look at why we eat. And those are all the emotional components. Why we eat. And why we eat is tied to all the unnecessary suffering that we put ourselves through. So we start looking at distinguishing physical hunger versus emotional hunger. Again, physical hunger starts in the body. Emotional hunger starts in the brain. Physical hunger, your body tells you you're hungry. Emotional hunger starts in the brain. I feel, I feel like something yummy. I feel like some cookies right now. I feel like some cake right now. I feel like something because I'm bored. Whatever the reason is, if it ever starts with I feel, you're not physically hungry. You're, emotion, you're eating for emotional reasons. So focus on why you eat, folks. This is important. If you're, if you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to create better health, you're trying to create your best self in any way, then making peace with food and becoming master of food is very important because food is a very big component in our lives. And your relationship with food is one of the most important things. For weight loss, your relationship with food is one of the most important things because you're going to be eating every day. You have to eat every day. It's not something you can avoid. You're going to eat every day for the rest of your life. If you're working through health issues, your relationship with food is a very big thing because, again, you can't avoid food. It's going to be around you everywhere you go. Whether you like it or not, you can't avoid it. So you learn to master your relationship with food so that you become the master not the slave. You become the master. You choose what to eat, when to eat. And when you're able to do that, you can eat whatever you want, right? You don't have to go on a diet. You don't have to deprive yourself of the things you love to eat. You can eat whatever you want. When you learn to make it conscious, when you learn to plan, you want to eat pizza? Okay, well, let's plan to eat pizza. You want to eat cookies and candy and cake? Okay, look, let's plan it. Let's build in. One of the things I teach my coaching clients is we build into our eating strategy foods we love to eat. You need to do that because otherwise your brain will rebel against you. We'll talk about that uh, in one of the future episodes. Right? You can't cut out, you can't just cut out everything you love to eat and go cold turkey. Right. I talked to a client the other day. So, oh, yeah, I threw away everything. I cleaned out my fridge. OK, that's great. But guess what? You can't just cut out everything you've been eating for all these years. You got to build some of it in your eating. Yes, it's great to start cleaning up what you do. But we don't go from zero to 60 miles per hour in in just one day. We take baby steps. We learn to become a little bit better, 1% better every day, 1% better, 1% better. And that adds up, that builds up. And the reason why we do that is we learn to recruit the brain to change your biology, right? If you just cut out everything that you're doing, guess what? Your brain is going to rebel against you. That's why you lose a lot of weight. We lose a lot of weight too fast. Well, your brain is going to force you to gain it back. Why? Because you didn't recruit your brain. You got your brain working against you. So weight loss is not about willpower. It's about biology. It's about recruiting your brain to change your biology. And when you do that, that's how you achieve long-term results. When you work to, when you rely just on willpower, that's just a short-term thing. 
Because willpower will fade. It fades. Motivation fades. When you take a bath, it doesn't last. You're going to end up stinking in a few days if you don't shower or take a bath, right? Same thing. You have it. Take time because your brain has to be involved. Your brain is involved. Habits are created in the brain, folks. So to change habits, you have to bring, you have to change your brain code. So you have to recruit your brain to come along with whatever change you're trying to make. Otherwise, it will only be a short-term gain. So that's why we're going to talk a lot about how to rewire your brain. Next episode, we're going to talk about how to rewire your brain for success because that is going to be one of the most important things that you can ever do. Learning how to rewire your brain because, again, a habit is nothing but a neurological pathway in the brain. So every habit is actually a pathway in the brain. It's a brain circuit, folks. A habit is a brain circuit. So in order for you to successfully change a habit, especially something that's been with you for decades and decades and decades, you're going to have to learn how to work with your brain to change that. You're going to have to change the brain code. And that's a very difficult thing to do, especially when that habit is subconscious, when it's something that you just do automatically without even thinking about it. Like a lot of us eating is a subconscious thing we do without even thinking about it. Eating is very difficult. Why? Because your brain loves pleasure. Your brain is a pleasure junkie. And we eat for pleasure, right? We eat for pleasure. We love our pleasure. Food is pleasurable as it should be. So it becomes very difficult to change your brain around food because your brain is looking for that reward. It brings it pleasure and your brain is a pleasure junkie. And a lot of times the things a lot of us love to eat, the sugars and the, you know, the, the junk food and, and all the things that are packed with sugar and caffeine and, and uh, alcohol and those kinds of things, well, they stimulate the ple- pleasure centers in the brain. And once you do that, ooh, look out. Very, very difficult to change those kinds of habits. Because like I said, your brain is a pleasure junkie. There is a pleasure center in the brain, by the way. That's actually a part of the brain. And once that's stimulated, and that's a part of the brain that is stimulated with sex, drugs, sugar, alcohol, those kinds of things. That's why we develop addictive behaviors around all of those things because the pleasure center of the brain is is activated, right? So it becomes very difficult to change. Not impossible, difficult. So... Why do you eat? Really think about that. Ask yourself this question every day. Why do I eat? Why do I eat? If your goal is to lose weight, if your goal is to change your body, if your goal is to change your health, you've got to be able to focus on why you eat, not just what you eat, because if you only focus on what you eat, guess what? You'll change, your, you'll change up what you eat, and in a couple of weeks, you'll be right back eating the same bloody things anyway. Why? Because your, your brain will force you to go back there because what you're doing is subconscious. It's not a conscious thing. Most of the times what we do on a daily basis is subconscious. You don't know what you're doing. So now when you learn to make it conscious, when you learn to make eating a conscious choice, here's where you start. Like I said, before you put anything in your mouth, ask yourself, am I physically hungry? 
Just do that one thing. That's your one assignment. Before you put anything in your mouth, am I physically hungry? Am I physically hungry? Am I physically hungry? You get that? That's your assignment for the day. Before you put anything in your mouth, ask yourself, am I physically hungry? So at the very least, you're making a conscious choice. Whether or not, if you're not hungry, then why are you eating it? Sometimes you might say, no, I'm not hungry. I'm going to eat my cookies anyway. Well, hell with it. Okay, well, it's a choice you're making. So you get to deal with the consequences, but at least you're making a conscious choice. And when you start making conscious choices, it becomes easier. Eating becomes a conscious process, as it should be. Eating should be a conscious process, right? You should be in charge. You are making conscious decisions. And when you make conscious decisions, okay, well, we're all adults. Well, you live with the consequences. But when it's unconscious, then you're not in charge. You are just a slave, right? You don't want to be a slave to your mind. Your mind should be, you should be the master and your mind's the slave. So, that's all I've got for you today. Next time we'll talk about how to rewire your brain for success. A very important thing that you need to do if you are going to be the best you've ever been. If you're going to achieve those goals that you've set for yourself, I'm hoping that you've got some goals that you've set for yourself this year. And they include working on yourself, becoming better physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Spiritual, spiritual, we're talking about making a deep connection with yourself, understanding your the role of you and yourself in relationship to a greater force outside of you, right? Becoming connected with others around you in the world in a greater sense. Or for some of you, it might be a more religious experience in your relationship to God. Whatever it is for you, whether it's a spiritual experience or a religious experience, whatever it is for you, that's what we're talking about. You get to decide. So my friends, I hope this has been helpful. Begin at the end. What is that future self that you're creating? Start practicing the non-negotiable habits of your future self, the guardrail habits of your future self to practice catching yourself when you're slipping so that you don't start sliding backwards. If you gain five pounds, then that's your slipping. If you go back to the place where you've regained 30, 50 pounds, you have sli- you're sliding big time. 10 pounds, you're sliding. 15 pounds, you're sliding. 20 pounds, you're sliding down that mountain. Five pounds, you're slipping. You need to be able to catch yourself before you regain that five pounds. When you do that, that is how you get results and maintain it. That is how you're able to maintain your weight throughout your life. Right? Find... Find an outfit that is going to be your guardrail outfit. When you get to where you want to be, you have a guardrail outfit. And that's that outfit that is going to fit you for the rest of your life. And when it doesn't, when it starts getting tight on you, you know, hey, I'm slipping. You got to have some guardrails. And learn to focus on why you eat, not, not what you eat. Forget about people who say, oh, cookies, candy, all the butter, all this stuff is bad for you. We'll talk about the fact that there's no good food or bad food. It's one of the episodes coming up. It's just your relationship to food and what you choose to eat and learning that, okay, well, if, if I'm 
about creating better health, well, I'm going to have to make some choices at the greener end of the food spectrum. We'll talk about the food spectrum. On one end, you've got whole natural whole foods. And on the other end of the food spectrum, you've got your man-made crap, what I call completely refined, artificially produced products, crap. Not that they're, you know, I'm not judging what you eat now. You're, we're all adults, so you get to choose. But on the one hand, you've got your natural whole foods that nature gives you. On the other and you've got your man-made processed crap, completely refined, artificially produced crap, and you get to choose where you eat along that food spectrum. That's what I teach my clients. That's what I'm sharing with you. We'll have a, an episode on the food spectrum coming up. All right, I know I can keep going on and on, but again, why do you eat? Before you put anything to your mouth, ask yourself, am I physically hungry? I'm Dr. Dale Millers, and don't forget to check out the show notes for all the resources available to you. You can get on the phone for a free health strategy call, a nutrition consultation, watch my webinars, whatever it is. I've got free videos, tons of free videos, ebooks, all that wonderful stuff. My books on Amazon, lots of books. So, got lots of stuff for you, so you know what to do, okay? I'm here to serve. Wish you well. And as I leave, as usual, may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Take care. By the way, do me a favor. Share this podcast with someone. My goal this year is to really increase my audience base. You know, a lot of times I do things and I just leave it as something I do. But this year I really want to work on, on... creating a wider audience, reaching a wider audience. You can help me with that by sharing this with, how about five of your friends? Can you say, hey, you got to check out this podcast. This Dr. Delve guy, he's a character, but he's got some interesting things to say. He's got some interesting ideas that you might want to hear. So will you do me that favor? Just share this podcast with five of your friends. If you're listening You know, there's a link that you can share, you know, in the upper right, in the Apple podcast, there's a link, the three dots, you can click that and get the show, get the link for the the episode and you can share it with. So just think whichever episode you think someone, you know, might get the most from, just share that episode with them. Please, please, please. (laughs) Thanks. All right, friends. May the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Catch you next time.